You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer, where we will be cutting through the big issues at Everton, much like the Wren strike force cut through <laughs> the Blues' defence oh. on Saturday. Too soon? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking Lucas Digne, thoughts on his impending arrival at Goodison. What does the future now hold for Leighton Baines? Why is it taken Everton so long to find his successor? And also we'll be discussing about the centre-half situation. Yerry Mina remains first choice, but Everton looking at potential alternatives, of which Marcus Rojo is one, so we'll get the guys' thoughts on that. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Tony Scott, Gav Buckland and Dave Prentice. Um, Tony, we'll start to you. Uh, start with you, mate. Uh, Lucas Dinier, we're expecting his uh, signing to be confirmed either this evening or tomorrow. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on on his uh, his signing? It look, seems to be a steady left back, doesn't he? Um, it's one we've desperately needed. I've been very vocal on here over the past couple of weeks, saying we need cover for left back. I'm not sure whether he's going to be covered. To be honest, Phil, I think he's going to come straight into the first team. I think he's going to push Leighton Baines out and I think that's what Everton have needed. If anything, he's going to give a fight on his hand to get back in the team, Leighton Baines. We can't expect him to be the player he once was, continuing to play 38 games next season. So I wouldn't be be surprised if Leighton Baines even actually moves on now from Everton Football Club. I know it's going to raise it. Obviously, eyebrows will be raised. Straight into the pod and writing off a club legend. (laughs) On your bike, Leighton. Do you know my legend, by the way? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. Listen, I think Leighton Baines has been absolutely fantastic yeah, for yeah. Evan. Yeah. One of the best left backs I've ever seen in, a, in, a, in an Everton shirt. But if someone's coming to take his place, I can't see him sitting round and waiting yeah. round and playing second fiddle to him. Gav, um, before we get on to, on to the Baines debate, yeah. uh, just stay with Digne for the minute. He's, his CV is impressive. Yeah. He's played with you know a hell of a lot of great players. Um, what are your thoughts about him being finally the the, the, the left back that the club have, have picked out as the heir to the throne, if you like? Uh, he's young, isn't he? I don't know. 20, no, he's 25, 26. 25, yeah, yeah, but still young. He's, yeah, he's young, young to us. Lot. Yeah, he's, young, <laughs> he's, he's quite young, young compared yeah. to Leighton, is what I'm saying. Mm. And he's, he's entered into that sort of key period of like you know we say like 25 to 29 is like the key. The key years, so he's at the, the right end of that 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 sort of four year mm. I was think gap that I think players are at the peak. So he's young in those terms, uh, and I think if Mark was going to play four three three, then you need your full backs get up and down the pitch. And I think he, he's more than capable of that. Alluding to what Tony says, I don't think you know Leighton is capable of that, unfortunately anymore. So uh, I've got a problem with the signing, to be honest with you. Um, and as you say, he's got a bit of pedigree. But we said that before about players who come from abroad to Evan, haven't he? Uh, the Premier League tends to be a different different kettle of fish, doesn't it, to, to other leagues, and it's how, how players adapt. I think is the is the key thing. But I, I I agree. I think bringing him in maybe indicating that Leighton's time as automatic first choice is over. I Pre- think. Go on, Pre- I was oh, just going to say eighteen million pounds up front and, yeah. and a few more million in add-ons. Is it good business? It is. I mean, uh, I was just. 
going to jump straight to Leighton's defence there, you know, write him off at your peril. Because I think the games I've seen so far pre-season, uh, of most of the players, it, it's the full-backs' fitness levels which have uh, impressed me. Seamus and Leighton both looked absolutely sharp, full of running, you know, zesty, you know, so it looked like players that are ready to hit the ground running. But you want competition for places. And, you know, the problem with Leighton Baines in recent years has not been his quality, not been his fitness levels. It's been his, uh, his lack of freedom from injury. And that's not going to change anytime soon. You know, so as a, his age, you know, progresses, as he's 33 now. And I know from talking to Leighton in the recent past as well, I think he is not planning, you know, for the end of his career. But, you know, he's certainly managing his time better now. I think he appreciates that, you know, he probably needs more of a break in between games and, you know, can't do quite, you know, what he used to do previously. But equally, he's a fitness fanatic. Mm. You know, he absolutely pushes himself to ridiculous levels. So I'd say write him off at your peril. I think that Lucas Digne will obviously need about a couple of weeks, you know, to get used to the Premier League for a start, you know, for the intensity of the football, you know, in this country, which is quite peculiar to what you've been used to in France and in Spain. Uh, but, you know, he's obviously been brought in for the longer term and he'll want to play sooner rather than later. I just wonder, is there an argument for, you know, Leighton Baines playing elsewhere in the team, you know, sort of further forward? I don't know. I, I just, like, top of the head mm. thinking. Uh, but certainly I wouldn't be writing Leighton Baines off anytime soon because, you know, he's quality. Just before we go any further, I want to reread you um, a quote that Marco gave us um, in June where he said, we have a fantastic left-back in our squad. Leighton will do fantastic things and do good things for us in the future but we will try, as in try and find a, le- a new left-back. Now that one is almost in the club, Gav, does that quote almost its meaning and its significance change? Because we haven't gone after Tierney, who was, unpro- who was unproven Proven, in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a top league. We've gone for Digne, who has played for Barcelona, PSG, alone at Roma, yeah. played in a very good Lille team. Does the meaning and the significance of what Marco said to us that day change now? Yeah, yeah, certainly about, about the future. Um, picking up on Plano's point, yeah, I'd, I'm going off subject here a little bit, but I think it's a point is about where Leighton, you know, Leighton's future within that. In that, there's always been that thing about Leighton about whether he could play like that sort of holding role, mm. isn't it? He did it once, didn't he? Newcastle, Newcastle, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. we conceded three, didn't we, before yeah. half time, whatever it was. You know, and if you were going to play Leighton elsewhere in the team, that would be probably the only place where you could play him because you couldn't play him further up the pitch. Um, Let's face it, we need a central midfield. Yeah, yeah. And um, that that was an experiment that perhaps I was quite disappointed was not taken fair, though it didn't necessarily work on the day. At the time, I don't think the team was playing that crazy anyway. So maybe there is scope to say late, okay, maybe not left back, but actually we'll see whether he can fit you in the team, given the uh, obvious struggles of the midfield at the moment. On the flip side, though, you know, for, for, a, for, for a club who. We you know we want to be challenging on, obviously in the on the league front, getting back into Europe. Also, you know it's by a time that we really challenge domestic cup cup wise. You know league cup, FA cup. Is having Digne and Baines as your two left back options? Is that not just naturally lead itself to rotation and you know resting one, giving one you know and you know both are great backups for each other, aren't they? In that respect, can you rotate left backs? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that. If Digne was the, the first choice, I'd, you know, it leaves Leighton in an awkward position, doesn't it, really? If it was the other way around, it's a slightly different uh, different um, sort of equation. Um, I, I, it's all very well saying I've, I've two options for every position, but by and large, unless you're in midfield where you can swap and change players and formations a little bit more, if you have to get to fall back, it's a slightly different 
and keepers is a slightly different uh, uh, problem for me. And I think it'd be very difficult to have two who were both happy mm. at the at the club at the same time. To be honest with you, and the same also goes at right back as well. Unless it's like an academy player who's sort it, of on the periphery. So you, you you mentioned it early in your first first response. Do you actually think Bainsey could go? Yeah, yeah, I do. But he's not going to stick around, Phil. If Tinye starts against Wolves on the opening day, can you see him sticking around? There'll be what's arguably about ten Premier League clubs after the service of straight away. All the teams that finish below Evan as have him in the first team. So, and the bids will be half decent as well, and they're going to be saying we can't guarantee you a first team place. Another argument to this is that we've signed players from Barcelona before, and it's all well and good having big clubs on your, on your CV. I've seen it with Andy Van der Meer, and they played for Inter Milan, we've seen it with David Class and Ajax captain, and all this. We've been sold dummies before from Barcelona with Sanjo Ramirez and Gerard Delafeu. The worry is with this one is that if, if he's not getting into the Barcelona team, is he any? Why weren't the other big clubs surrounding him? It's no shame in being number two behind Jordi Alba. Yeah, though, but why it? weren't no what no other clubs were in for him whatsoever? Or as Everton's on their own work and said, you know what? He's just missed out on the French World Cup squad. He's an half decent player. He's played for all these teams. Get him in, and you can't lose for eighteen million. So the two sides to look at it. He, listen, he can be really good, and or he could just be another Delafeu for us. You just don't know what's going to go. The other thing I'd say there about it, and I say, is the wage bill, isn't it? Because Leighton would be one, I would imagine, one of the higher earners of the club, mm. being being a senior pro, mm. and that 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 is some a factor that you have to build into all of these sort of conversations. Don't they? do you want somebody sitting maybe on the sidelines who's on x tens tens of thousands a week, and that, that, that's another interesting angle to all of this. Prano, do you think? If if what the lads are saying are right and they don't think that Bainsey would want to stay around, do you think Silver could convince him to? I'm not so sure he would want to move. I mean, again, I don't speak to him that frequently, but on the occasions that we have spoken, you get the impression that he was welcoming the opportunity to manage his time more efficiently. I'm not saying you know he's happy to sit on the sidelines and just pick up his wages because he's not that kind of guy, but you know the opportunity to manage his fitness better and having a reliable you know if you like, understudy, if you can call an £18 million signing an understudy, there, I think, suited him. I think he was happy with that. Um, I think he wouldn't mind like the, the odd game out. Whether he would be prepared to sit on the sidelines and watch Dinier play week in, week out, and then just mm. play League Cup ties and FA Cup ties, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's been around a long time. He's been at Everton over 10 years now. He's, uh, like I say, he's 33. Um, he's got lots of other interests that we know about. You know, he loves his photography, you know, his, his music. I've I'm not so sure that he would move on elsewhere. I think he'd be, he'd be happy to see out his time at Everton and, you know, look elsewhere. That's just me yeah. without any inside knowledge of what's going on inside his head. I don't think he'd be any rush to leave the club, though. Nothing you see plays the first six games and Baines is on the bench and not getting a kick. Don't you think Baines got a Dibby club like, say, Burnley? But you don't have to move out, so don't move anywhere. I'm playing every week. I'm Poss- on the Premier possibly. League. If you remember, I mean, I'm obviously talking a long time ago, but when he first came, I mean, it was first of my money, six million quid, but it was a lot of money yeah, at the time yeah. from Wigan. He never got a look in because uh, Julian Lescott was doing so well at left back. And he just knuckled under, he kept going, he kept going, he was frustrated. And David Moyes bizarrely never played him because he thought his height counted against him. <laughs> this is a guy that bought the player yeah. and thought that we're going to make Emerson vulnerable at the far post to set pieces. 
never once in his Everton career of Everton being done at the far post from a set piece that he's been responsible for. Yeah. So, I mean, once he got into the team, it wasn't an issue. So, no, I think he is, you know, a patient type that, you know, wouldn't be making snap decisions. And I think at his time of his career, I, don't, I just don't think he'd be in a rush to leave Everton Football Club. Yeah, I did just think they'd talk about the opening days. The transfer went to shut before the opening day, doesn't it? Mm. So, in terms of... Terms of that, then. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. That he'd probably get an idea get, before yeah, Christmas, yeah. wouldn't he? he might, then he'd probably yeah. move on if he was going to go anywhere. It may anywhere. not happen. Mm. It may actually work in everybody's favour that, that transfer window yeah. deadline being before the start of the season. Well, unless unless Barcelona come in for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> true. Uh, three or four months just to see how the land lies. Yeah. yeah. For both you know, for both left backs and the manager. What would what would Leighton Baines do then, Gav? Try to get into his head, if you like. If, if how the land lies at January, but at January, he's only got another five, six months left on his current deal. So is the yeah, is the true. bigger question not more, am I going to get another deal rather than am I playing every week at that stage? Yeah, yeah. And also the advantage of leaving at the end of next year on a on a free. Mm. Um yeah, and it, it could be that the sort of the sort of um sort of the in between position there is actually just stays for the year. Yeah. Sees out his contract. Um, and, and I think that might be that might be what happens. So Leighton has a year to see what what's happening with with the new fella and and then sees out his deal and then leaves. Um, and and I think that may be, you know, if I was on Scotty Bet TV now, <laughs> that'd be my that yeah. maybe that might might be my position. I, I do think the other thing I'd say about Leighton now is you, you started at the point Phil um, saying about why is it taking so long to mm. get left back but one of the points is he played pretty well hasn't he <laughs> which, yes. is one, which is one of the answers yeah. uh, but I do think there's been this collective thing over the management over the last three or four years to overindulge some senior pros who've been there a long time you say 11 years and not really putting, putting them in a position where they've been challenged for their place and there's probably Four or five, I can mention some, not necessarily at the club at the time. I think Tim Howard, I think Jags probably falls into that category. Uh, Baines, you'd probably say even Ashley Williams has been there two years. That Some senior pros have, have been given quite an easy time, I think, yeah. by the well, management. I think also, as well, you talk about taking so long to bring a left back in, I think we've probably overindulged the younger players a little bit. It's been a big thing at Everton. You give young players their head, and you know if they're good enough, you know they're going to get an opportunity. But I think... We've seen a number of false dawns in the left-back position at Everton. I mean, Luke Garbutt came in, and I, you know, we expected quite significant things from him. That didn't happen. Brendan Galloway looked like a left-back in the making. That didn't happen. I mean, Anthony Robinson's in that position now. You know, he's played for his country before he's played for his club. And I think we're just expectations have been raised uh, with these young players that haven't really delivered, yeah. mm-hmm. which is possibly why they haven't looked elsewhere. Now they've gone for the experienced option in Lucas Dinier. And, you know, hopefully yeah. he'll, he'll do well. We'll hold that thought, Brendan. A quick quiz for the panel. Bain, man. Yeah. Baines, Oviedo, Garbutt, Galloway, Martina, Kenny, Funes Mori, Barry and Harry Charsley. What have they all got in common? <laughs> all played left back. Correct. Since Roberto Martinez joined the club, they've all <laughs> slotted in at left yeah. back at various points in games or started. Gareth Barry played left back. He did, back. yeah, yeah, he oh, did. Yeah. And the, does did. that not? I mean, that I've got nine names there. I'm, I'm sure somebody listening could say, hang on yeah. a minute, there's a 10th or 11th probably somewhere in yeah. in the history. But does that list not exemplify how difficult it's been well, to it find tells, It tells you probably what Everson have just settled for as him playing 38 games a season and not... Not throwing a challenge into obviously challenges place, and they've, they've probably said, you know what, he's quite fit. He's been available every week. 
there's no need for competition for him. But now, as we've seen last season, more than most of that, he was missing for half of it. And Kuka Martina was there on the left-hand side. And I, I just think he just hasn't been the same player, the same Leighton Baines, and that's arguably since Stephen Pienaar left Everton. Mm. He just I hasn't think been that it, same it, It's such a think. unique position, fullback in modern football. Yeah. I mean, we've done pieces on it in the past. It's because of, you know, the, the obsession and, you know, pressing high up the pitch and everything. And, you know, sort of, you know, tightly marking players. Fullbacks now... Uh, the the outlets, you know, they're the old-fashioned wingers, if you like, and they're expected to get up and down the pitch. And it's such a specialised position compared to what it used to be. So that if you can find a full-back, you know, who can fit that bill, who can defend, who can get up the pitch, can support the attack, get crosses in, get back again, they're worth an absolute fortune. Manchester City have shown that, you know, the yeah. fees they've paid for Walker mm. and Mendy and what have you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you get a good one, you know, so it, it's very, very difficult to replace. And Everton have had a good two, Coleman and uh, Baines on either side. And it is a lot harder to replace them than, than you think. Mm. Well, speaking of City, it was interesting. Well, they, they brought in Mendy, of course, and he got injured and then they ended up playing like Zinchenko and um, Delph, Delph. Yeah. so is that, is that maybe in, in, in defensive Everton is that maybe highlighting the problem of finding properly good backup at left back 100% and you have the same thing over the, over the road you know Manchester United you know so Ashley Young playing full back there you know it's a, it's such a specialised position where you've got to try and you know have so many skills or so many strings you know to your bow you've got to be able to get forward and do the attacking stuff and defend as well and it is it's such a specialised position that it's so difficult to find somebody that's absolutely top class at it and you know it, clubs spend a long time trying to source them and you know a lot of money in actually landing them yeah I mean with Baines is Qualities there. You're not talking about like you talk, talk about his set piece, yeah, mm. skills and dare I say penalty <laughs> skills as well. It's yeah. If in future that'll be a key thing, won't it? Yeah, with VAR and all that. Have you got somebody who can take a good penalty? So you know, we're talking a negative, not negative. I suppose about late reaching the end of his career, but you know, at certain points in his career, all those points that you're talking about, they're probably he's provided, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Especially when P and I was playing because they they were great, weren't they? And they were collectively our number number ten, weren't they? Mm. Always said that P and R and Beans at the best they were sort of unplayable, yeah. weren't they? Especially against some of the like the low, low lower ranked teams. And he has been uh, probably you'd argue our best Premier League player. You know, certainly not one who I think year in year out to a certain level of performance. So I think he, he's been probably our best if you if you take all that into account. So we are keeping this lean and mean uh, podcast, so we'll rattle through and move on from the left-back issue, uh, just shunting inside the field to uh, centre-half. Everton is still trying to uh, cut a deal with Barcelona for Yerry Mina, but uh, we're made aware that they are lining up or weighing up alternatives. Uh, We'd previously reported on Ben Gibson, the Middlesbrough centre-half being one, but a new name that we wrote last night was Manchester United's Marcus Rojo. Preno, if, if we couldn't get Mina over the line, what would your thoughts be on on trying to sign uh, Marcus Rojo? I'm a little bit concerned with the age of the player, really. I mean, we've fallen into this trap before, bringing in uh, experienced centre-halves, you know, arguably past their best. I mean, I, I don't know a great deal about him as a player, I have to say. I've only seen him on a handful of occasions. I don't quite share the reservations that a lot of social media uh, supporters mm. seem to share, that I seem to be absolutely appalled by the idea. I'm not quite as, you know, so upset as that. But just like a 28-year-old, you know, centre-back, really, you know... We're talking Ashley, about £30 million as well. Exactly, it's a lot of money. Ashley Williams, you know, we spent a lot of money on a guy that was only a couple of years older, and that's not proved to be good value for money, really. I'd much rather wait 
base and bring in a younger centre-back. That was why Mina was targeted, because, OK, he's only played in Spain for six months, you know, and he's been in South America before that, but he's 21, you know, he's a young defender that, you know, hopefully will improve and will, will get better. It's a risk. All signings are a risk, obviously, but I'd rather take a risk on a younger centre-back that could improve rather than an older player who we think we know we've already seen the best from. I mean... I mean, you've got to go back to the days of Andy Gray and Peter Reid for like older players that have come in at Everton, you know, so and made a big significant difference. Uh, I'd rather go for the younger player, younger option, I think. Scotty, would the signing of Rojo be um, replacing one erratic left footed Argentinian centre half with another? <laughs> <laughs> Where you come from there, Phil? I, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because if you look at it on paper and you go, will he replace? Is he better than Ashley Williams? Is he better than Phil Jagielka? Is he better than Michael Keane? There's an argument to say that he is. So is he is he improving our team? Yeah, he is. But for for the fees that are getting quoted, I'm not sure whether one you're getting value for money. I'm unsure whether you're going to get 38 games out of a season because his injury record tells you otherwise. I think he's averaging 19 to 20 games per season, which says a lot. And his his record in the end referee's notebook mm-hmm. as well. So you're getting suspensions, injuries. Not for thirty million. I think there's cheaper value elsewhere. You've seen that Alfie Mawson going to Fulham, Fulham for fifteen million. He, he was on the shortlist as well. So, and a, a younger player that I, I don't know. I'd rather have Alfie Mawson all day long. So I'm surprised that considering Marcel Brand has been brought in, and the players were being linked with, which all of, all four of us here on this table could have identified Ben Gibson mm. and Mawson, and obviously Rojo. So I don't see where this one's coming from. Rojo does seem to sort of jar with the policy, but Gav, look, as Preno said, you know, there's been a kind of a mixed reaction online, if you like, and, you know, we don't see Rojo week in, week out. We see him when he comes to Goodison, when we go to Old Trafford, we see him playing in the World Cup, but you can't deny that your sense and your kind of, your instinct on a player is often right. What's your instinct on Rojo? Um, Feeling as Mori, but a bit better, to be fair, and that's it. Um, I'm not really concerned from a supplier. I sort of, it is the age thing, I think. But the other thing I temper that with is the fact that what sense we've got Jags who's now thirty, whatever he is, thirty four, is he now thirty five or thirty six, isn't he? Yeah. Good age that guy. Yeah, he was thirty four when the start of the pots. So the, the the problem with bringing another t- young centre half in, you've then got Williams and Jags who are 30, mid-30s plus now. You've got Michael Keane still there who's still learning, learning to say this. You've got Mason. and If you bring another one in, you're losing somebody who's in that sort of mid-20s yeah. age group. I know Michael Keane's are, you know, getting there, but I always think he's still a young player. Yes, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you'd also have to take that into account in sort of like the next centre-half you, you bought because you then, you know... Want to avoid this position that we always seem to get in of having a lot of younger players, a lot of older players, not yeah. a, a, players in between. And the 28 is still, I mean, we bought Williams when he was 32, didn't he? Mm. 33, whatever. So, a 28 he's still got a few years left in the tank. But taking Tony's points, he's also a little bit injury prone as well. But we do need somebody in that position Absolutely. as a matter of urgency. I mean, I know you can't put too much store by pre season, but I, I think. I wouldn't say concerned. That's you know overstressing it a little bit. But you know certainly apprehensive after you know where we've seen a number of teams cut through Everton's midfield stroke central defence yeah, so, th- so yeah. easily. I think two weeks before the season we were hoping, expecting to see a little bit more. But yeah. equally again, 
this isn't Silver's squad, is it yet? He still remains largely the yeah, one yeah. he inherited, didn't he? So, but hopefully that will change in the next sort of eight and a bit days, or whatever it is now, until uh, August the 9th, uh, when the deadline day and the transfer window shuts. Um, Lucas Dinier, is, his arrival is expected uh, sort of either this evening or tomorrow, so we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date with that. And then hopefully Yeri Mina will follow, and then hopefully some more before before next week. So as I said, we're keeping it lean and mean this week, so that's where we'll wrap up. Thank you very much for joining us on the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.